Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm super excited to be with you this morning. Uh, We're continuing our sermon series, Night and Day. Pastor Eric kicked it off last week, and it was incredible. But before we go any further, I want to do this. I want to honor Pastor Eric, and I want you to join me in honoring Pastor Eric, our incredible lead pastor, him and Pastor Lori. So can you... Uh, Wherever you're watching, on Facebook, on YouTube, type something in the comments as to how much you love them and how they've impacted your life. We just have incredible lead pastors. And so I just feel like we need to honor them as much as we can because they are really a blessing to us and to this community. Amen? Amen. So like I said, we're we're getting into our sermon series, Night and Day, and it is on the I Am Statements of John. Pastor Eric kicked it off last week, uh, and it was an incredible message. If you didn't watch it, go watch it after this one, um, and be sure you you stay connected. But it's really an incredible message where he, he talked about Exodus and where God revealed himself to Moses as the great I Am. And so from that place, Jesus makes these seven I am statements in John. And so today we're beginning in the book of John with chapter six, verses 32 through 35. And the statement we're going to talk about today is when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Someone say bread of life. Bread of life. And and as you turn to John chapter six, uh, verse 32, I just want to remind you that we will be taking communion today at the end of the message. So be sure to have your bread, your juice, your water, whatever it is you're going to be taking communion with near you, accessible. So that way at the end of the message, we can take it together. Amen. Go ahead and turn to John chapter six. John chapter six. And so what Jesus is actually doing with these I am statements, before we get right into the passage, Jesus is basically saying, when he is saying I am, he is referencing back to Exodus and he is saying, I am God, I am self-sufficient. I think this series is prophetic. We need to know that our God, Jesus is capable. He is He is enough. He will sustain us in this season, in the craziness of this season. He is enough and he is God. And and where we're picking up in this story, Jesus has actually just performed the miracle uh, where he fed 5,000 people uh, with a few loaves of bread and a couple fish. 5,000 people. And so because of this, uh, people are starting to follow him. They're starting to to really look around and say, man, this Jesus guy is really, he's, he's feeding people, he's doing something. And so people are gathering around Jesus. They're coming to Jesus. And and this is where we pick up in John chapter six, verse 32. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Listen, the first thing I wanna submit to you today is we cannot credit man for what was done by God. We can't credit man for what was done by God. The first distinction that Jesus draws is he says, Moses is not actually the one who gave your ancestors the bread, but it was the father. It was me. It was Jesus. See, Moses was was not the one who made the provision. It was God. And I think in this season, we need to understand this. It's not your boss. It's not your your neighbor, your coworker, your spouse that's going to bring you the provision. It's going to be Jesus. 
See, Jesus is very clear to draw this distinction. And, and, and like I said, Jesus has just performed the miracle where he fed 5,000 and the people are beginning to follow him. And, and, and so what the people are actually asking, they're asking him for a sign. And what they're doing by asking him for a sign is they're asking him basically to outperform Moses. In Exodus chapter 16, when the Israelites are in the wilderness, uh, God, through Moses, it has manna come down from heaven to sustain the Israelites, to feed the Israelites so that they can continue their journey through the wilderness. And so what they're doing is they are saying, Jesus, we've seen you do it once. They're trying to get him to prove himself. They're trying to get him to do it in another way. They're trying to, to honestly test Jesus a little bit and see if he can produce like Moses did. But what Jesus says is, I am the bread of life. See, Jesus says, what you don't understand is it was never Moses that gave you the bread. It was me. It was me. Jesus draws a direct distinction. It was not Moses. It was me. When Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life right here, what he's saying is I am God. He is making that distinction very clear. He's using the same phrase that the father used when he appeared to Moses in the burning bush. When he said, I am, they would have caught that. See, they knew the Old Testament. They would have understood. When he says, I am, they would have understood that he is saying that he is God. He says, I am the bread of life. And as believers, we have to understand, we have to catch this revelation that we can't give credit to, to others for provisions that God has made. In the wilderness, God may have used Moses and God may use people around you in your life. God may use somebody. God oftentimes uses somebody, but we cannot get it twisted. It is always God that brings the provision in our life. I love Pastor Eric said last week, don't call it chance when you get that job that you weren't qualified for. I wanna take it to another level today. Don't call it chance when you get that job that you were qualified for because it is always the Lord who gives provision. He orders our steps. It is always God who gives us provision. He is the, the self-sufficient one and he is enough to take care of us. And what I, what I also wanna, want, wanna point out to you is we cannot begin to treat Jesus as a genie. The people kind of want another sign. They're asking for another sign. We can't treat God like, God, I know you did this for me last week, but I need you to do this again. I need this right now. We can't tell God what to do. We can't begin to tell Jesus what to do. He is not a, a genie to perform when we tell him to perform. He is God. Listen, I want, I want, to, I want to draw this distinction. If Jesus never did anything for us except for die on the cross to forgive our sins, that would have been enough. Every other blessing is added. If he never would have done anything except for die for you and I on the cross, that is enough. That is sufficient. So we can't begin to treat him like the Israelites were in this passage and, and say, God, we need another sign. We need another sign. We need you to prove to us that you're greater than Moses. We can't begin to look at God and say, God, I need you to prove to me that you're gonna take care of me better than my boss does. He is the self-sustaining one and he can sustain us, but we do not need him to prove it to us because he is God. And I wanna dissect this passage verse by verse. So we're gonna go ahead and, and read John chapter six, verse 33, verse 33. It says, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. See, what Jesus is beginning to do right here is he's beginning to set up the, his, his I am statement. He's beginning to explain that he is no longer just talking about physical bread, but he's beginning to explain that he is the actual bread of life that is coming into the world. Jesus is beginning to, to take their eyes away from the physical bread and beginning to put it on spiritual bread. What, what he's essentially 
he's saying is the bread Moses gave your ancestors was good, but the very next day they were hungry again. And what he's beginning to set up is he says, there's a greater bread. There's an even greater bread and it is me. And I am the one that can sustain you, not just in the physical, but in the spiritual realm as well. I am the one who will not just sustain you with food, but sustain you with life. Jesus is setting up this statement. Jesus is beginning to give this revelation of himself and the manna in the desert in Exodus chapter 16 was actually a foreshadowing to this day. The manna in the desert foreshadowed that the true bread of life was gonna come to sustain you and I. The true bread of life was gonna come to the Israelites and his name was Jesus. Jesus is the true bread. He is the true life. He is the true provider. It was him, it is him, and it always, be, it always will be him. Even in the, this is what I love about our God. Even in the middle of a pandemic, he is the provider. Even in the middle of your mess, he is the bread of life. He is the provider. Honestly, the Israelites, when they were going through the wilderness, it might've felt a lot like the pandemic. They were confused. They were lost. They were hungry. They were thirsty. They didn't know where to go, but God showed up. Can I tell you, if you are worried in this season, you don't need to worry because the bread of life, Jesus himself is on your side and he will bring provision. See, Jesus always has been and always will be the true provider. He, he already proved it to the Israelites that he can provide. He just fed 5,000 people. But what Jesus, I wanna, I wanna tell you today, I wanna submit to you today is what Jesus came to do was far more than feed physically. I'm sure you can point back to a time in your life. I can point back to some times in my life where Jesus met a need. Jesus made a way where there was no way. If you're with me, wave at me through the screen. I know you can probably, if you've been a Christian for more than maybe a day or two, you have seen Jesus meet your need in a physical way. But what I think he's doing with this statement is not just saying, I'm gonna physically give you bread. He is beginning to do something deeper. And I think Jesus in this season with us is, is gonna provide physically, don't get me wrong but he wants to provide in a supernatural way. He wants to also provide in a spiritual way. It's so much deeper than just on the surface. This whole passage is not just about physical bread. It's about spiritual life. Listen, Jesus has come to breathe life into the most broken part of our lives. Jesus has come to breathe life into the darkest, the most confused, the most hurting parts of our life. He has come to breathe life into the darkest of circumstances because he is that good. It's not Jesus and something else, it's just Jesus. If Jesus just breathes into that, into that addiction, that addiction can go away. You don't need Jesus and a spouse, you just need Jesus. And what's so interesting about this story, as I read this story, is Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with a few loaves and, 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 a, and, a, and a, couple of piece, a couple of fish, and, and, and they are face to face with this man. And what do they ask him for? They ask him for a sign and they ask him for some bread. Like this is crazy to me. They are face to face with God himself and they, all they ask for is some bread. 
All they're asking for is something physically. And I think sometimes we can think of this and say, why Israelites, why would you do that? But I think if you and I are honest, a lot of times we can begin to ask God and treat God like a genie and just ask him for physical things and just ask him to provide for our next meal and just ask him to show up at, at the doctor's office. We can begin to just ask him to give us things. But that was never the intended relationship between us and Jesus. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly, not just get you from pit stop to pit stop to pit stop and just keep you alive. He didn't just come to give us physical bread. He gave to, came to give us spiritual life. See, true life can only be found in Jesus. Everything else is counterfeit or less than. Everything else in our life is counterfeit. True life can only be found in Jesus. I, uh, I'm gonna tell a story. A couple weeks ago, my wife and I, uh, we went to Target and husbands, how many know that that's one of the most dangerous statements that you can make? We went to Target for one thing. That's an even more dangerous statement. <laughs> and so my wife and I, we're going to Target and it's been so hot lately. I know y'all feel me. We have an air, we have AC, like we have a central AC unit, but it's been so hot. A couple weeks ago, it was like 108 degrees. And so we went to Target for a fan. One of those like, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. One of the fans that you can put and like face directly at you. Like I was so ready to put the, baseball just came back. I'm a baseball fan to put the Giants game on, have the fan right in my face and like eat some hot dogs. Like I was so ready to get this fan. And so we go to Target and apparently everybody in the Central Valley thought the same way that we did because there were no fans. There were none of the little box fans or, or the little circular fans. We looked everywhere for fans and we couldn't find any fans. So what we did is we still spent $100 at Target <laughs> because husbands, how many know that you, if your wife goes into Target, you coming out with a $100 bill. We just, we, we went into Target, we still spent $100 and, and as we were looking for fans, I was getting frustrated because I'm like, man, like Jesus, why is everyone else looking for fans too? Like it's hot, but it's not that hot. Like I began to like get a little grumpy and a little mad and I began to settle. And I saw there was no like real fans that keep you cool, but there was little desk fans. How many know what I'm talking about? Little, little desk fans that you put on your desk like when you're at work and your work doesn't have air conditioning, right? And you just, you know, little, little tiny little fan. And I, was, I looked at my wife and was like, well, you know, that, we can make that work. And she looked at me and said, no, why, why are we gonna settle for that? We, well, let's, just go, let's just go find a real fan. And I, it, God gave me this realization is that sometimes I think in our lives, we settle for just a little fan. We settle for just a little bit of God. We settle for just a little bit, maybe a physical provision. We settle for just, uh, just a, a, a little semblance of something. Or maybe we don't even settle for a little bit of God. We settle for a little bit of good. We settle for something else. We settle for that job. Maybe we settle for something. I don't know. We settle for something that is not Jesus. Maybe you think it improves your quality of life a little bit, so you settle. Maybe it, it calls you away. It pulls you away from Jesus, but to you in the moment, it seems okay, so you do it anyway. Anyways, listen, I think Jesus is calling us to come out of settlement. I think Jesus is calling us to come out of settlement. I, I really believe, this isn't in my notes. I believe there's someone listening that's settled. I, I just felt something shift in my spirit. I believe there's someone listening right now that God has called you to something great. God has called you. He has marked you. He has called you for something more and you have begun to settle. You have begun to say, to, 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 hmm. Think of the word. The word is comfortable. You have begun to settle for something that is comfortable and not something that is God. I think Jesus is calling us out of that as people and as a church. Listen, he has not just come to give us physical bread. He has not just come to pay our bills and meet our needs. He has come spiritually to revive us. He has come spiritually to give us new life.
We are not called to live a double, double life. Listen, I believe this. We can no longer settle for less as a church. As a church, as a global church, as a church, this family, as the church, we can no longer settle for less. The church of Jesus Christ has received him as the bread of life. And there is, if you look around, there is a hurting and broken world that needs the bread of life. There is a world out there, there are coworkers, there are cousins, there are family members that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that need to hear the good news, that need to hear, we have the bread of life. Jesus has given us new life. No longer can we settle for less. We are, as his disciples, messengers to bring the message of Christ into the darkness. We are to give people more than just a physical need. We are, more, we are to meet more than just physical needs. We are to introduce them to the one who will meet the spiritual needs. In him, we, we have received life. We have received a bread that knows no hunger, a water that knows no thirst. The sustaining bread is found in him. This sustaining bread is only found in him. Listen, family, I want to really drive this point home. You cannot settle for anything less and you cannot find a counterfeit Jesus in this season. And in this season, in seasons of struggle, it's easy to find a counterfeit. It's easy to find an idol. Let me encourage you, family, do not find an idol. Press into the... the the, the God of heaven and earth, press into the presence of Jesus. In this season, do not take the easy way out. We are not called to a comfortable life. We are called to, to live a powerful life submitted to Jesus. And I wanna pick up, I, I wanna continue in, in this passage and re, read verses 34 and 35. And so the Israelites, Jesus has just, just said that uh, he, he can give them, there's a bread that's coming that will give them life. And so they say, sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, this is it. I am the bread of life. This is where Jesus says, it's me. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, the people wanted a physical provider of bread, but received a God who wants to be involved in much more. If we choose today to seek him, we will never again hunger or thirst. This statement is so profound. Listen, he's not talking about physical hunger here because if I'm honest, I could go for an In-N-Out burger right now. Like physically, we're gonna, we gonna get hungry again. I'm gonna go for a double-double with some animal fries. I'm just I'm telling y'all my order. I don't know why. Physically, we will get hungry again, but spiritually, he is enough to sustain us. Spiritually, we will never need to run to another. We will never need to run back to lust. We will never need to run back to addiction. We will never need to run back to the bottle because he is the one that sustains. He is the bread of life. He's saying spiritually, we will never hunger and thirst because we know the one who sustains us. This is why, this is why I believe this family. This is why Jesus gives us what we need rather than what we want. It means even though you might physically hunger or thirst, maybe you lost your job and so there's a physical need. Maybe there's too much month at the end of your money. Pastor Eric makes that joke, I love that joke. Maybe our kids are acting out. Maybe you're physically sick. Maybe there's a physical need. It means it doesn't derail you from the course. It doesn't derail you from walking with Jesus. Why? Because we have had the revelation that the spiritual bread Jesus gives is far more important than any physical bread. 
If you have Jesus, even if chaos surrounds you, you will be okay. I love that song. It's called Surrounded. It says, this is how I fight my battles. We fight our battles with, with, with praise. We fight our battles in his presence. We fight our battles with worship. What is it saying? It's saying, even if there's chaos all around me, I know I'm gonna be okay because the one who created the heavens and the earth knows my name. The one who created the heavens and the earth has given me life. Family, we're called to so much more than just surviving. I really believe that in this season. We're called to so much more than just trying not to get corona. We're called to so much more than just trying to survive. We are, we are literally called to thrive. We are called to produce. We are called to bear much fruit. See, Jesus gives us what we need rather than what we want. The Israelites wanted more bread. What he gave them was himself. They wanted a king who would give them bread. They wanted a king who would, who would bring, bring war on Rome. They wanted a king who would give them physical things. But what he gave them was himself. What he gave them was his life. What he gave them, what he gave us was eternity. We can't settle for something less. Jesus is giving you so much more through relationship with him. Jesus is giving you so much more than you could ever even think than we could ever even imagine. That's how good Jesus is. That's how loved we are. That's how much he has called us into relationship with him, more than we can imagine, but we sometimes settle for physical bread. I remember when I was a kid, I was about 11 years old. I, um, raise your hand if you ever did something kind of weird when you were 11. I, I remember I, I, was, I would pray. I, I, I went and I prayed to God and I said, God, if you give me this girlfriend, I don't tell my wife. I had a, it wasn't my wife. <laughs> I had a specific girl of mine. I was 11. Give me a break. I, 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 I specifically prayed for this specific girlfriend. I said, God, if you give me this girlfriend, I'll, I'll do whatever it is that you want. I'll give my entire life to you. I'll give you whatever it is. See, I was putting stipulations on the prayers that I was asking. And I was asking for something so silly. I was asking for what I wanted, but not what I needed. I am so grateful God never gave me that girlfriend because two years later, I met my wife at the age of 13. See, what if I was in a relationship with that other girl? I don't know. It was a 13-year-old relationship. It would have been a young relationship. It wouldn't have mattered. But what I'm telling you is God has a plan for your life that's greater than the plan that you can create for yourself. God has a plan for your life that means more than what you want. Because oh, what I needed was not an 11-year-old girlfriend. What I needed was him. Listen, my hope for you today is our prayers, our walk with him, our devotional life, uh, our thought life will look a whole lot less like, God, can you give me the things that I want? And a whole lot more like, God, can you give me more of you? Listen, I really wholeheartedly believe this tonight. Jesus is not calling us to say, God, give me more of what I want, but he's calling us to say, Jesus, give me more of you because I understand now that you are the bread of life. If we understand, if we catch this revelation that he is the bread of life and he will provide, our prayers will shift because we will understand that he is the one that sustains. So if we ask for more of him, we're gonna have everything that we need. If we ask for more of what we need, we are missing parts of him. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's bad to pray for provision. Like if, if you need a job, it's not bad to pray. If you need uh, a bill paid, he is your provider, but there is so much deeper. There is so much more depth. And if you just know him in that more powerful way, there is more to it. There is more to this life. 
There, there is so much more that God is calling us to do. And I, I really believe that he has called us into a community as a church. Really, there's something on this. God has called us into a community as a church to, to stand for more, to live for more. To, 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 he is the one that will sustain us. So can family, can we, I just wanna pray that we would focus on him, that everything in our life would lead directly to him, that we would ask for more of him. Listen, family, at this time, we're gonna go ahead and, and we're gonna uh, be partaking in communion. So I'll give you a minute or two to, to, to gather your elements right now. Um, so go ahead and get your elements, get prepared for communion at this time. Listen, how fitting is it that we are taking communion when we talk about Jesus as the bread of life, right? And so as we prepare for the communion, I wanna, I wanna let's remember and reflect on the sacrifice that he has made, that Jesus's death on the cross is the reason we can come to life that he is the one who sustains us physically and spiritually. So let's reflect on that as, 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 as we get ready to take communion. And I wanna, I wanna read um, this passage and it says, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. Family, let us take the bread. Jesus, I, I thank you that you are the bread of life. I thank you that you are the one that sustains us. I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. I thank you that on the cross, you have called us into relationship with you. I thank you that through that sacrifice, you have made a way. You have made a way not just for us physically, but spiritually. You have called us into a deeper relationship. And so Jesus, I thank you for loving us enough to go to the cross for each and every one of us. And the passage continues in the same way after he took the cup saying, this is the cup, the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Family, let's take the cup. Jesus, today, uh, we thank you for your blood. Again, for your sacrifice on the cross, for your blood that, that led us into uh, cleanliness, that led us to freedom. Jesus, I thank you that your blood cancels out every sin, that your blood washes us clean, that your blood washes us white as snow. I pray today that those in their homes right now would accept you, that they would have open hearts, open minds, open souls just to accept your gospel, Jesus. I pray right now that your blood would wash over your people that we would be empowered to, to live a greater life, Jesus, through your blood, that we would no longer hold on to sin and shame, that we would know that through your blood we have been freed, that we have been freed to live the life that you have called us to. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you're doing, everything that you're doing today, everything that you're doing at Thrive, and everything that you're gonna to continue to do in our life. I thank you that you are the bread of life, the self-sustaining one, the self-sufficient one, the powerful one, and the one who loves us and calls us dear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, family, if that, we love you. If that message impacted you, Pastor Chris is, is going to lead you through a prayer. So if that message spoke to your heart and you want to accept Jesus, please, please pray that prayer with him today and let us know. We love you all. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.